All right, we're back. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I am so grateful that you're listening. Um, man, I feel like there's just really some substance to this series. Um, this is going to be part three. It will absolutely be the conclusion. Um, distant, flattering lips are close and contrite hearts. It's going to be one or the other. We've got to figure out which one we're under, which category are we residing in. We have got to know. I'm telling you, the Pharisees were sure they possessed the absolute truth and not even God himself encased in flesh could convince them to turn loose of what they believed. So it's not about your belief. It's not about what you do and what you don't do. It's not about that. That was made so crystal clear. It is about your innermost place, your heart's condition, being yielded in surrender to the physician. The acknowledgement that, you know what? I'm not good enough. I don't possess enough in me to go to God. It is impossible for me to bridge that chasm between he and I in my own self-sufficient efforts. As we saw in that scripture, those who are well, those who are whole and already put together, don't need him. They're not dependent on him. Yeshua Messiah came for the sick, depraved, diseased, and miserable ones. And so, friend, that this, this, this is the thing, right? And then we're going to move on. That is all of humanity. That's everyone. Now, Jesus knew that. So he wasn't saying this all-inclusiveness. He's saying for the ones who realize that when the revelation of the Messiah comes, when the Messiah appears, if you will, and all that they are is exposed, the ones who say, you know what? I am sick. I do need what I see right here in front of me, i.e. the Messiah. I need a physician. Those are the ones I came for. Which is everyone. Everyone needs a physician. All man lacks is the revelation that they are in fact sick. People go to immeasurable lengths to say, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. They go to counselors, they go to therapists, they go to psychiatrists just to be told or to find a way to make you fine. You go to church, you go to discipleship programs, you go to recovery meetings, you go to prayer meetings. Why? Just make me okay, make me better, make me okay, make me better, help me, right? But y'all, anything that is outside of the supernatural work of the follow me reality will not get you to the place of wholeness and wellness. It's impossible. Why? You need a physician. We need the great high priest sympathizer physician. It's perfect because God made it so. All right, so let's get to part three, the conclusion of this short series. Distant, flattering lips are close and contrite hearts. Okay, I want to look at Psalm 51, 17. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A contrite heart, O God, you will not reject. And that means you will not despise it. You won't call it worthless. We could say the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit. A contrite heart, God will receive. Well, we talked about that in our house a year ago. 
um, in our fellowship at the time. We talked about that, my wife and I especially, about the being crushed to powder reality. Contrite is a crushed to powder life. And what we talked about and when we did that study that made sense to us is basically it was the imagery of that was you take a vessel. Let's say it's a clay pot. And you take that pot and you look at it and you, okay, whatever, let's just describe it for the sake of metaphor. And it's six inches tall. It's four inches around. It has two holes, one on either side and a little lip on the top. It's this nice little clay bottle vessel. Well, a contrite condition of that vessel would be to pick up a cinder block and beat it until it is ground down on the table to powder. It is broken down to a place where it is literally unrecognizable. You could not call anyone in who did not see that pot previous and say, okay, now look at this pile of ground clay and tell me what this is. Well, it's a, it's a pile of powder. You don't think it looks like a vessel, you could say? You don't think that looks like a, a pot? No. How in the world could I tell that it was ever a pot? That, my friends, is a contrite heart where your condition, your identity, your self-sufficiency and all that you are as a son of Adam is obliterated, crushed, to the point where it's not coming back. There's none of me left. There's nothing recognizable of the flesh man Joel left because I am a new creation in Christ and I am now hidden with him in God. And God will not reject that. The Hebrew word for far distant away, I found very interesting when I was studying that this morning, that it's directly related to the word repel. Think, okay, so I explained this to my son as I was just teaching this morning at our table. Repel. There's even, okay, so this is the perfect example. There is even a uh, bug repellent. The brand name is what? Repel. When you spray that on your body, Mosquitoes, supposedly, are not supposed to come near you. The whole purpose of it is it repels by scent anything that you don't want on you. It drives it out. It drives it away. And this word is what personifies this this purpose within this text. A contrite heart God will not be repelled by. He won't push it away saying, no. I can't receive it. I can't receive it. Again, why? As we said in part two, God opposes the proud. He is set up in direct opposition of the prideful heart of man. But someone who has willingly surrendered their will when they look at the Son and receive Him as the great physician in a contrite heart, God will receive that heart. That man. Well, why? Why, why, why? Because it is his. It is sourced in him. It is a product of him because of the Ezekiel reality, because the heart originated in God himself, and therefore he can receive it via the Son because it is his possession. 
It originated in him, and the heart previous originated in the fallen first Adam. It's in that lineage and bloodline, friends. That's why you must be born again, born of the water, born of the Spirit, and entering into the kingdom and no longer just perceiving it. Here's the offense connection. Outside of the Spirit leading a man, and said man responding in humility and contrite brokenness, Yahweh God, through Yeshua the Son, is offensive and repels man. Do you hear what I'm saying? Outside of the Spirit leading a man to repentance, we will be repelled by what we see when we look at the Messiah. Just like the religious Pharisees. We know God. Leave us alone. We'll call it the devil. We'll call the very Son of God his absolute opponent. Friends, we are not above this reality. We're not above this. How dare we point a finger at them and, and say how, how vile they were. Y'all, this is every single man until the yielded heart of repentance comes into place and the heart exchange is our reality. That's every man. I'm good enough. I don't care how it comes. It can come in a worldly way where we just don't believe in God because we don't need that. We don't need a creator. We're good. We came from an amoeba from space, and you know what? We'll take care of ourselves. That is exactly the same as the religious woman who believes she is in God because God is just good and kind. I don't need him like that. I'm already good enough. It's the same. We have to realize that the atheist, the atheist is synonymous with the pharisaical quote, believer. The pharisaical believer, follower of God, is no different than the atheist because both are on the outside of the humble, contrite heart that God can receive unto himself. Friends, the church needs to realize that. The church herself is an enemy of God until she receives the Son as he is with open arms and knees on the dirt. Do we understand that? The crushed to powder reality has got to come to the church. Or else God will be repelled by man, pushed away. Nope, I cannot. I, not that he won't now. I've said this before. It's not that God won't receive a prideful man. He can't. He can't. He's holy. He's righteous. He's perfect in every way. You cannot come to him unrighteous, prideful, arrogant, self-sufficient, with distant, flattering lips. Your flattering lips will be thousands of miles from the presence of God. Only a contrite heart who is yielded to the Son, which is righteous and perfect and holy, that God, Yahweh himself, can receive because it is himself, only with this identity can anyone be close and acceptable and received into the presence of God. 
It's the only way. He is holy and righteous, and only a broken and contrite heart can appropriately see his need for the great physician and be acceptable in God's sight by being in the Son. Lastly, and y'all, I'm, I'm telling you, this, this like gave me for real goosebumps this morning when I was studying this. And again, when I taught it at our table to everybody who was sitting there this morning. Now listen to this, and may this just, may this drive home this point. Should it be right, and should this be what the Lord is saying, what the Spirit's saying to the church in this hour? May this, man, may this just be a rightful punch in our gut to like get our attention to be like, yes, God, this is true. This is going to be proposed as the opposite, if you will, of what I just proposed from Psalm um, 103.12. What I just proposed in the previous scriptures talking about distance, when, when the scriptures talk about far, the, the prideful heart will be far from God. The lying, flattering lips will be, will be far away. The heart will be far you will be at a distance from God. Okay, so let's take this, this theme, this, this word distance and far in that little mindset and let's move it kind of, let's, let's, let's pick it up and turn it around and look at the other side, the other viewpoint, if you will, in light of something else that like really shook me. Psalm 103.12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Now, friend, listen to what I'm saying. This is going to mean a lot to you should you be listening to what the word of the Lord itself is saying to you if you are unregenerate and you are not born again or if you're questioning yourself and and rightfully saying, do I have a contrite, broken spirit? Have I died and surrendered my life unto the Son in this way? Or... You have experienced that. You know as sure as concrete that you are hidden with Christ in God. You are a new creation. You are born again. You are in the kingdom because you've been born of the Spirit and born of the water. And you know for sure then this is true for you in a different context. It's a promise or it's a reality. Let's let's just simplify it that way. You're either on the outside, prideful, in yourself, unregenerate, or you are in him, and this is past tense. It, well, it's present. Well, it's, it, I'm, I'm, I'm making this more complicated. This is either a prophetic promise for you on the outside of being in God, or you are in God, and this is now presently true for you. Let's look at it that way and keep it very simple. So we know the scripture, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgression from us. The first far, the second far, and removed are all the exact same word as we see in the scripture that we already read about, but their heart is far away from me. We're talking about a distance. We're talking about a predetermined chasm that is between God and man. Or between any two points in this case. Far 
far and removed are all the exact same distance understanding as the heart that is cold and repelled by God. Do you understand what I'm saying? The same distance effect, if you will, the grand chasm that is between any man outside of God and God himself, that same understanding of an immeasurable distance is true for the regenerated Christ man in regards to his sin and himself. Do you understand that? Man, I'm telling you, I don't think I can articulate this the way way I feel it. Okay, I understand now how far away I was from God. I see it. Oh, God, that's what drives me to my knees. That's why I lift my hands. That's why I have anything to shout about. Oh, God, I know who I was. I know my depravity. I know I was sick. I know I was diseased. I was miserable. I was outside of you. I had no purpose. I was under the curse of the first Adam fall. My lineage, my heritage, my bloodline was evil, and I was in opposition of you. I was vile. This man, me, you took and you cleansed and you purified and you took out that nasty heart of stone and you gave me a heart of flesh and you drew me unto yourself via your son and I am now your temple, your tabernacle, your dwelling. I intimately know you. I'm in your presence. I have been invited to sit at your table for all of eternity. I understand the distance between myself and God before I was regenerated. There was no way for me to get to him outside of the supernatural work of God becoming flesh and redeeming me. We have made so low and so little the supernatural redeeming work of the cross. The Emmanuel God-man reality that he left all of heaven seated and throned above every principality and power to be enwrapped in a clothed and clothed in a fleshly baby carried about by a natural woman why to instate a way and a gate and a and a and narrow road reality for every man who will yield his will in contrite brokenness to go in the pattern of the messiah And now, because of that, as far as I was from God, repelled by him in my unrighteousness, now my sin and shame and depravity are equally as far and distant from me as I used to be from God before I was regenerated. Y'all, that is incredible. That is the distance between the new creation reality that I now am and who I was before Christ Jesus purchased me and redeemed me and regenerated me. Friends, again, I am not just saved. I do not just have Jesus in my heart. I don't just go to church and read my Bible because it makes me feel a little bit better. Y'all, I am a new creation, and all of my sin is so far away from me, I can't even see it anymore. Which is why, back at the beginning in part one, Jesus said, you're only fit for the kingdom if you keep your your hand on the plow, son. 
Don't you look back there because there's nothing back there to see. I have cast it as far away from you that you cannot even see it. Distant, repelled. And friends, I am repelled by sin now. I told someone at my table yesterday morning, I don't think about sin. I'm repelled by it. It's disgusting. I don't want it. The Spirit of God pushes it away from me. It's, it should be as far away from me as the, as the galaxies that only telescopes can see. Why? It has no place in me. It has no place in the sun. And I'm a new creation. And it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. And it has no place in Him. So can we not say, friends, in conclusion to this series, we have two options. We ourselves, whole, well, and sufficient in ourselves, will be distant from God and repelled by Him in our own condition. Or, number two, in Him broken and contrite by a work of the Spirit in us in our yielded submission, we will be near, received, and drawn to Himself, deemed acceptable, and our sin will be distant, and it will be something so vile we repel it. We push it away further and further, and by the supernatural work of of God Himself, It's as far as the east is from the west. He has removed my transgressions from me. I used to be distant from God, and now I'm distant from my sin and rebellion and depravity. As far far away from God as I once was as a son of Adam is now how far my sin and transgressions are as a son of the Most High. Y'all, that is incredible. Can we not say that all men will be found in one or the other? Let's simplify humanity. We're going to be one or the other. We will repel God because we're in our self-sufficiency and He cannot receive us, or we will be drawn to Him and repel our sin and our shame and our transgressions received by Him redeemed by him. His identity is my identity. We must move past our fascination with self, with sin, and even with shame. If we are in him, born again, born of the water, born of the spirit, we are now close to him and our sin is distant. It is far, just as I used to be from God. But now, in Christ Jesus, redeemed and purchased by the great high priest now, dying to my own will, living a sacrificial life, a living sacrifice lifestyle, constantly yielding, dependent. I'll have no home. I forsake my plans. I'm always looking at what's set before. I'm no longer estranged. I'm no longer forsaken. I have been invited into the master's house. I have no longer I no longer have distant flattering lips 
They have no place. Why? I'm close to him. I have been received by him in brokenness. I had a place 12 years ago where I said, you know what? I've tried my whole life to have flattering lips. Oh, I know God's good. I know he sent his son. I believe in Jesus. I'm a member of a church. I was baptized. I was saved in 1984. I did all those things. I believe. Sure. Okay. I believe. But I had not been regenerated. I had flattering lips that were distant from God because I was self-sufficient. I had convinced myself, like so many believers, believers, (laughs) hey, I believe. Sure, I believe in Jesus. But I was never regenerated until 12 years ago when I was drawn in And I was rightly received by eternal Yahweh God, the only way any man can and ever will be. Broken, contrite, obliterated to powder. Humiliated, humble, in need. Acknowledging my sickness. Acknowledging my disease. Acknowledging my miserable condition. It's true for every man. The only, the only hindrance is, can we admit it? The only problem is men do not realize they need a physician. And like I said, in closing, the worst case in the hospital of mankind are all of the so-called Christians who believe they're whole and healthy and well. But they have never met the great physician, and they have never had the heart exchange reality. They only have flattering lips which are not near to him. I'm telling you, that is as true as I'm sitting right here in this truck right now. The flattering lips of men only produce distance from Yahweh, eternal God. He must have a broken and contrite spirit and heart and innermost place to receive mankind unto himself. But here's the thing, y'all. He made a way. He made a way. He made a way by sending himself in the form of a man to lower himself to become like me and you. Yet, in perfect, humble, contrite submission to the will of the Father. He alone was the God-man. He alone was the only man to ever walk the earth then and ever will walk the earth and perfectly fulfill the demands of holiness upon a flesh man by denying himself all the way unto death. A way has been made. He is the way maker, y'all. He is the way maker. He was the forerunner Messiah. He made a way for the rest of the brethren by being the firstborn God-man. Praise God, I can say, I am Emmanuel today. I am as he is. I am the present day fulfillment of the Emmanuel promise. The firstborn of many brethren has come true for me. I have fulfilled the work of God made flesh. Friends, have you done that? I mean, are you sure? 
Are you rock solid sure? And friends, if you have not, don't you dare hide in that corner. Don't you dare crawl back under that rock and think you can hide from Yahweh God and have flattering lips, flattering lips, flattering lips. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. I know God, I know God, I know God. I have to know God because if I don't know God, I am far from Him and there's no way I can handle that. Friend, face the facts if that is in fact you. You had better face it now because you're going to face it one day. I'm no, I'm no damnation guy. I'm no hellfire and brimstone guy at all, ever. But y'all, this is sobering. If you don't know that now, you better stop the car. You better take a break from work. You better pull over your vehicle and get out and stop everything and make absolute sure. And you better get on your face and make sure that your heart's condition is broken and contrite, crushed into powder before Yahweh God. He opposes the proud. He wants my sin to be as distant from me as I once was. Man, that's, oh, I want to just talk about that all day long. So friends, don't have distant, flattering lips. Have a heart that's close. Close, close, close. Proximity. (laughs) In the perfect presence of God. Why? Because you're contrite. You're lowly. You're receivable. God, God won't be repelled by that, friend. He's saying, come on in. Come on in. I'm close to the brokenhearted. Oh, man, I'm close to the broken. I'm close to the contrite. Come in here. Come in here. <laughs> oh, man, to know God and to be known by Him. That, friend, is why we are here. To bring Him glory. To bring Him honor in his awesome regenerative work in the heart of a man. Incredible. Incredible, 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 the invitation. But it's only incredible, friend, if you respond. It's only beautiful. All of creation will rejoice, but only when a man responds and when a man receives the awesome gift of the Messiah redeeming any who would come. Don't stumble over him, friend. Don't keep stumbling over him. See him as he is and get on your face. Get on your face before him. Honor him. Revere him with your heart and not just your lips. Amen.